0: thanks for making me feel better guys that I'm up here. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Friends of Internationals. Um, I see a few visitors and people that have only been here a couple of times and just want to say welcome back. Thank you guys for joining us. I won't embarrass anyone because I know that you know honestly whenever I'm the first whenever I'm going somewhere the first time, I don't like raising my hand <laughs> or standing up. so I will just let everybody blend in tonight that's visit- visiting. And um, yeah, so Miles is in Kenya. And yeah, so we need to be praying for Lisa. And then also Miles, yeah, Miles too, that he has a fruitful trip. Uh, He's going, it's a missions trip. Do I sound like I'm like in a barrel kind of? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you guys are cool with it, I'm cool with it too. Is there another microphone on maybe that is? looping maybe? No? Okay, cool. I'll just get used to it. Okay. Um, So let's pray real quick. Um, I'll pray for Miles that he has an awesome trip and that it's really fruitful and that he comes back with really encouraging testimonies of how God has moved in Kenya. Uh, We've heard a lot of great reports from Kenya, how people are meeting for Bible study and our pastor, Sam Miles, has been meeting online with them and they've been asking him really hard questions about theology and life and um and he's been able to open the bible with them a lot of jeanette uh, Bachage's family and linda's family they they were like original friends of international members back in the day you know and and so brent and brianna were there in the beginning and so was jeanette and linda and jeanette moved back to kenya But a really cool thing is she took her Bible with her and her faith and her God with her. And then, so now people are coming to faith in Kenya and coming alongside her and even encouraging her. And so that has been amazing to watch. And so they're going to check out that work plus other works. So let's pray real quick. I'll pray for the message and then we'll jump right in. I think I have allergies, so excuse me tonight. I'll say that before I pray, okay. God, thank you for Miles um, just going, uh, being willing to go to the other side of the world and for Lisa uh, to, to let him, as she's obviously with child in her belly and they're gonna have a baby. And I just pray for good health for both of them and wanna pray for a fruitful mission strip that Miles would come back with uh, just concrete examples of things that only you could do. And and God, I pray for divine appointments. I pray for uh, people that are on the fence um, regarding their faith, that they would go all in, that they would uh, choose you, that they would choose to follow you, even though it is difficult. Um, Lord, encourage the team, give every team member uh, good health, and please bring them back safely to us with uh, testimonies of how you've saved souls and also uh, encouraged disciples uh, in Kenya. Um, Thank you for hearing us. God, I don't know everyone here tonight. And um, honestly, I should pray for these brothers and sisters so much more than I do. And I pray that you'd forgive me. I pray that God, because you're a big God, that you would uh, open your word to each person here tonight and that you would love them like only you can and move me aside. And I pray that uh, we'd all walk out knowing you better and knowing what to do uh, based on the authority of your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So tonight, this is a logistical error. This is like a newbie thing. Like I'm like trying to preach on my phone. Like what am I doing? This is ridiculous. So uh, I'll be in a. I'll be in Proverbs 18, verse 16. Let me turn there. Can you guys see that? Can I move out of the way or something? What is going on with this thing? Is it locked? I think it's locked. Can you guys can't really? Can you see? Kind of. Okay, cool. Um, Where's Proverbs, y'all? I'm having a hard time up here. (laughs) I'm on my, on a serious note, I'm on like digital stuff so often, like I actually forget. And I have gray hair now, so it's like legit, like I'm like forgetting the Bible, like in mass, like what? don't even know John 3 16 anymore. Okay, here we go. Okay, so Proverbs 18 16 says, and this is the title slide because I'm not clever. (laughs) So a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And I've thought about this verse a lot. I thought, you know, like, what does that mean? There's some Proverbs that are so clear and easy to grasp. And they're life-saving in social situations, you know, like answer a fool according to his folly, answer not a fool according to his folly. So learning to have discernment, when do you answer someone? When do you question someone? Like when when do you answer a question with a question like Jesus did? and just discerning the spirit like that because as a believer you have the holy spirit and you can do that and sometimes you can go deeper and be more helpful when you cause someone to think about the contents of their own heart by asking them a question so some of the proverbs are like that and uh, i'd say a lifesaver for me in a a literal way is um what's that one proverbs 15 1 um a soft answer turneth away wrath. And I think that there has been a time in my life where giving a soft answer to someone physically literally saved my life and was able to, to by the grace of God, navigate a very sticky situation uh, where I could have got myself killed. And so that that's awesome when there are proverbs that are that clear. But this proverb has been rolling around in my head for a while, I honestly don't even know how long, <clears throat> but so I want to give the premise of the starting point. I told Lee that I would kind of twitch whenever I was ready to like, like but I'd be subtle about it, like whenever, when I was ready for the next one, like, <laughs> oh, is there a next one? It should be white, the next slide. Oh, did you guys download and then upload? It's all good if you did. Because I just added this one. I didn't add a whole lot of stuff. So go back to the beginning, it's good. Okay, so turn to Genesis uh, 39, 22. It's the first book of the Bible, 39th chapter. If you see Exodus, you've gone too far. And uh, well, I have it on my phone here, it says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there. He was the doer of it. You guys understand that language. You know, sometimes we talk about foreign policy and we're like, yeah. So whatever you know, whatever they did over there, the president was the doer of it. So like whether it was good or bad, doesn't matter who's president or who's the king, who's the guy in charge. We speak in these terms where if something happens under the leadership of so-and-so, we just say so-and-so did it, you know? And so we still speak like that today. And so verse 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. So Joseph was a very trusted man because the Lord was with him, it says, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. It's a really cool verse. reminds me of like joshua 1a about the only time that the word success shows up in your bible it has to do with meditating on god's word day and night and it says if you do that and this is to joshua therein uh, you'll have good success i'm paraphrasing and not saying the whole verse but uh, basically it also reminds me of uh, psalm 1 verse 1. blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sitteth In the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law shall he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And that's Joseph. It's just amazing how scripture, um, you know, scripture is holistic in our life. I mean, it makes us whole. And though the Bible has 40 different authors, it's written over three different continents, it speaks this one message. And this is the Word of God. And Joseph could apply God's truth thousands of years ago, just the same that we can. And then whenever God moves in answer to prayer, just as Joseph could give glory to God, we can give glory to God. And so when we're talking about a man's gift making room for him what i want to talk about tonight is really the context of the body of christ so this message is probably most fitting for those of you that would consider yourself new to the body maybe newly saved or just got here how do you find your fit in the body of christ in the in the church and and how do you you how do you how do you feel that you fit in too i mean you should feel by the holy spirit you should actually be comforted by him as you find a place to serve and like joseph could serve in prison and it's a very uncomfortable place i mean this is a while back and i don't think they had tvs back then and they probably didn't make their bread and like little bread things you know it was probably really dirty back then and so but he could do that and you know, whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And what everybody did, they just said that, well, God's, you know, Joseph's doing that. And Joseph, I mean, there's like 60 ways that Joseph is is a type of Christ. There's maybe 64 shadows in the life of Christ that show us Jesus. Like he was sold for the price of a slave. He was falsely accused. His robe was stripped from him. Um, his brothers who he came to, who he came for, uh, to find out in the field, they, they stripped him of his robe. They put blood on his coat and delivered his coat back to the father and said, father, look, your son is dead. But then sometime later he came back right with forgiveness and he forgave his brothers and Joseph is probably, uh, in my opinion, is the best uh, type of Christ that you're going to find in the Bible. And it's, it's remarkable. The really cool thing is that we didn't, we Christians didn't preserve this story, the Jews did, and they don't even believe in Jesus, yet they prophesy of him and they have contained these words that prophesy of our Savior, even in Hebrew, which is, that's another remarkable thing about looking back to Joseph in order to look forward to Jesus. And because The Bible says that if you've not yet believed, you're spiritually blind. So there's a spiritual blindness. You can hold this book and come to Bible study. And so some of you tonight have been holding the book, but you may still be kind of like the Jews, still spiritually blind. And so I'll pray that the Lord um, uses this message in your life too. Um, And I I believe the first slide is, um, go ahead and Lee. Lee. Uh, so Roman so a man's gift so we want to break down the verse to to figure out what does this mean because like I said earlier this is one of those that's it's not immediate you know and there's a lot of warnings in the verse too I mean great men are not always wise so it's not always a good thing to to find yourself in the company of great men you know or to become like great men there's a lot of very bad uh great men and so I want to contextualize this for the believers as um, when I say uh, great men, I want us to think of souls, whether that's your brother or sister, as people that God died for. And so, you know, he paid with his own blood. And so he, in that he put himself lower than us and that he was willing to die for us. And he was able to say, by God's grace, he was able to say that we're, uh, we're, above him he i mean he really became our servant in that moment now he's exalted he's risen he's a lord of all we owe him everything and all of our worship but for a moment he laid down his life and he acted as though we were greater which is like i philippians 2 talks about that that blows my mind when i think about it romans five fifteen. So I wanna talk about the gift in terms of salvation first and foremost, but not as the offense in Romans 5.15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. So salvation is a gift it's it's not something that that we can earn, though it is incredibly expensive. It was God's God's own blood. It was the son's blood. And so, so it was very expensive. It's kind of similar to what it means to be an American today, whether we like it or not, or feel it can be kind of politicized and everything. But people really did um, uh, make this a free place for us today. Um, I don't know if they did it. I mean, I think God had something to do with it. But a lot of people fled religious persecution in Europe. And of course, there's a lot of people that did bad things along the way too. But uh, anyway, people bled and they died. And then now we have freedom to say Jesus, which I met a few Indian pastors recently that show me on their phone people that had been killed or beaten um, within the last two weeks of meeting these pastors, because there's a severe persecution in one of the earth's most populated nations of the world right now, where it is okay to kill Christians. And it's easy to think that that's not a big deal, but it really is costly when a nation is able to break free and, and, and get their freedom. It does cost blood. It's a great example of the cross. It also costs the blood but it costs the blood of God to give us eternal and spiritual life, eternal life. So the uh, next slide, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so we're still talking about a man's gift. This is Jesus Christ's gift uh, to us. It's salvation. And grace is something that you, don't work to earn. It's just a gift. Uh, Next slide. A man's gift, uh, also the spirit. Um, We are also gifted the Holy Spirit, like God lives with the believer. And this is awesome. So Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, calls the spirit the spirit of promise at the end of 13 there which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession so obviously we're still corrupt jesus is going to come back and this last part our flesh when he comes back and we're raptured out of here then we'll be whole i mean we're already saved those of us that have been saved but you guys know that you have a battle in your flesh you know but praise god that we have the spirit of god and christ is coming back and he it's kind of like a down payment like he's like i own you so um i think uh there may be some other cross references that might come to mind but the next slide Lee. maybe i should like snap or something because so like a lot of words I used to work like in a like a insurance processing department and they were like all about saving keystrokes, like if there's any way to not hit the spacebar like we need to figure that out. And so, you know, so that's what I'm doing, I guess, is like that's just lame, though. I don't want to snap. Okay, so a man, a man's gift is um You know for me i feel like have you guys ever been in a dry place and you weren't quite sure where god knew god was bringing you somewhere but it felt dry right well it's really important that we rest in in the comfort and true in the true comfort of the of the spirit and and not try to uh, soothe ourselves through like surfing like facebook or instagram or like seeing like how funny thing we could find, you know, like it's really important just to get an open Bible and pray and just believe this verse. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. This is Jesus telling his disciples that he's gonna go away, but that it's better for them. For if I go not away, the Comforter, capital C, because that's a person, that's the Holy Spirit, The comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And So he says, it's good. You'll be comforted. And then also this work can keep going. Like you guys can share the gospel with your family and with your friends and you can have those dry seasons. It's fine. And you can be comforted by God himself, which resides inside of you which has sealed your salvation. So you're forever his, you forever belong to the Lord that purchased you. And so just joking, but yeah, next slide. Uh, John 17, 21, that they all may be one as thou father art in me. So this is Jesus, um, he's just talking to his dad. And I'm thee, that they also, oh gosh, being a dad, <laughs> That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that Thou has sent me. So, a uh, communion—like you get to commune with God. You don't get to commune with anybody like this. Like, how often do you say, "Like, I wish I could just read your mind," and then I would know. Well, I guess only married people say that, but I'm talking to a lot of single people. But uh, anyway, so sometimes I'm like, I say that, don't I? Like, I wish I could read your mind. Do you guys ever say that to each other? oh it's all good yeah well anyway i totally wish that was a thing that'd be great but the truth is you know by the word of god this is this is the mind of christ the word of god is the mind of christ and um jesus prayed that we would be one just as the father in christ is one that's really special like that's really special to have that closeness with god have you can anybody that's saved say that you've been through a time where you got to commune with God and you just, it makes the hair stand up on the back of your head. Not because it's freaky, but it's just like, you just know God is with you. You know, when you're talking to people, I was at the DMV and this lady broke down and I was like, God, I don't know what to do. So Julie's going to go to the DMV next week and invite her to church again. But I got to talk to God about it. I was like, cause I don't know what to do when people break down. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to help, but, um, but it's so cool to be able to talk to my father about it and say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in this stranger's life, but, um, I'm not good at comforting people, uh, but help this conversation to count for something, you know, or sometimes, uh, when I got laid off of my job and I could just pray and say like, God, that's okay. Like, that was fine. I was fine. And then we started a business by the grace of God. And that was fine too. And then I don't know what's next, but it's great to have a father. You can commune with, and he already knows your heart. He can already read your mind. He already knows how many hair are on your head. And if he cares for the sparrows, how much more is he going to care for you? You have an eternal soul and you are created in his holy image. Like three in one, you have a body you know you have a soul, you have, you have a spirit. So that's awesome. Okay, so communion and then a man's gifts. This is something else that God gives us as companionship in the body of Christ. In Psalm 119.63, it says, I'm a com- companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. So it's really cool when we meet people from the other side of the world, and we haven't even known them that long but we we feel that we do we feel that we have we had a phone call with a client we found out she was a believer like halfway through but I I think you were the same way like we felt like we knew her like that was really cool but um I'm a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts Galatians six ten as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And so part of companionship is being a good friend or a good companion to people. And so as people are going through hard times in the body of Christ, uh, we should help, you know, carry the load with them. And that's a, that's a real blessing to do that kind of companionship Um, to treat people that way because it is more blessed to give than to receive and it's just so refreshing to get our eyes like off of ourselves. but this is another one of the gifts of God to us believers that that the believer is the only person on earth the only people on earth that can truly do things selflessly I mean like Christ who we're following just uh he laid down his life he just he didn't even let him take it he said no I'll just go ahead and lay it down and um, so we have that ability to live our life in a way that's self-sacrificial. And Galatians six ten uh, is also a lifesaver for those uh, who struggle with um, maybe like doing too much. <laughs> if if you struggle with your schedule, to how do, how do you know who to help? If there's like twelve billion people on Earth, or five billion, or whatever number is. Um, you're called to help, you know. So how do you know? Well, you start at the, um, you start with the companions in the body of Christ, and and this is part of the gift of God to give in this way. Um, you start by giving to those who are of the household of faith, and move out from there. And that's why Jesus washed the disciples' feet first. Um, and so now I want to move on to the next phrase because we talked about a man's gift. And so I probably need to go back at this point and read the verse um, that we started with, which is Proverbs 18, 16. Just a second. A man's gifts maketh room for him and bringeth him before great, great men. So um, Ephesians 2, 4 and 6 Uh Talks about God seating us together in heavenly places with God. So he's made room for us in heaven. He's made room for the believer in heaven. He's also made room for us in the body of Christ here on earth. If he didn't have purpose for our temporal life, he would have just raptured you up whenever you got saved. But since he has a purpose for you as a believer, he went ahead and kept you here, but spiritually, he gave you a seat in heaven. How cool is that so so, like you're there, but you're here, and people are like, that doesn't make any sense, but i I am like quantum physics doesn't make any sense, so you tell me, okay, so um, so the next slide is sufficiency or sufficient so God makes this is a way in which God makes room for us. he becomes our sufficiency, so we're talking about the gift. What is the gift? I gave you just a few gifts of God. You know, this is not, what do you call that? Comprehensive or yeah, this is just from my heart. I really want to speak from my heart tonight. And so, you know, over the past couple of years, I've thought a lot about how sufficient God's spirit is and God's word is in my life. And 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That is sufficiency. That's God working inside of his, his kids. He's able to help you when you're at school or you're at work and you have this opportunity, you're at a wedding reception and doing some photography and someone asks you about Jesus, you're able to now, um, you have space in your heart to share with somebody. He's making room for you. Second um, Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, and not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Um, If you want to be frustrated in terms of your sufficiency, just trust in your sufficiency. (laughs) I mean, like if you want to be frustrated and we all do it at times where we're like, you know, we're trying to be helpful. We're trying to serve and we we back ourselves into a corner where God's like, okay, just time out like you need to just open the Bible and pray, get fueled up and let me do this through you. and so did I read Galatians two at the beginning? So I need to go back to Galatians 2, 21. Stay right there, Lee. Um, it says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And so Galatians two twenty through twenty one, through twenty one, um, in connection with the verse that we opened up with about Joseph, whatever he did there, or uh, whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. This this concept of like whatever we do, Jesus is the doer of it. Like that should be our attitude. Like okay, so I helped you move and Kaya and college and young adult ministry. We help each other move um and you know instead of like i don't know like being proud of ourselves like it's like no like praise god that's what christians do um i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me so glory to god whatever i'm doing in faith you know for the lord that that needs to be my attitude but i know that that's really hard to do that's why I I would like to like Facebook all the good deeds that I do, like just out here planting flowers for, you know, for the Fitzpatrick's, (laughs) you know, we're just taking care of their, their flower beds, you know, but, um, no, but it's cool. There's literally no judgment, whatever you post, except for if it's bad, obviously, but, um, yeah, but you know, there's just some things that, um, you can leap between you and the Lord as you mature, and um, let God be the doer of it, and and just pray about it, water it with the Holy Spirit, and um, and we don't always have to narrate all of our experience with God for the whole world. We can have a few companions that we really, we we really buckle down and pray together, and prove things out together. Um, so we just talked about sufficiency, and so now. I want to talk to you about another way that God makes room for us, and that's to walk. And so, yes, already there. Thank you, bro. Okay, so uh, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit you're not under the law and so, in other words it's only we're only going to walk how God wants us to walk. If we're leaning into his spirit, and so we talk a lot about the Bible sometimes we talk a little bit less about the spirit, but the spirit is just as important and trusting his leadership as we are we're not always like walking around like this like he's going to bring this to our memory and then um then we can engage with him in real time and just pray that prayer like god bring your word to my memory i don't i don't know what to do right now um and that's walking we want to walk in his word we want to walk in his grace we want to walk in his spirit and so um zechariah 3:7 says about a high priest named joshua uh that if he walked in god's ways so, Zechariah 3, 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then shalt, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. And they are in the heavenlies, like when he said this. And so, God rewards us, and he gives us space in heaven, like more capacity to worship him in heaven based upon what we do with our life here on earth. So there is an eternal impact for the decisions that we make as believers. Like, are we willing to share our faith now? Are we shrieking back in fear or moving forward in faith? That's really the only option for the believer. There's no such thing as standing still. And if you're not creating any kind of friction, then that probably means you're not moving forward at all you know and so there's some indicators and that's another message um but yeah so that's to walk and that's for now but there's also an eternal reward too to walk and and to have more capacity in heaven too and i can't even tell you what all that looks like um tonight but uh the next slide uh, in terms of making room for us uh he makes room for us to have confidence and not confidence in our in ourselves, Philippians three three says, "And have no confidence in the flesh." In Philippians one fourteen, Paul says, "And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear." And so sometimes, you know, the Lord has you in a place in ministry where, or in life where you're a bit in bonds, but other people are experiencing the life, and you're really. You're really doing like Jesus did, where you're putting them, you're preferring them and putting them above you and you're getting behind them and saying, here, you grow and you take this opportunity. I'm going to step out of your way and and I'll be in bonds if that's what it means for you to be free, so to speak. Now, God doesn't desire us to remain in bonds. He's uh, the God who frees. That's one of the first lessons that we see in the Bible is how God freed his people from bondage and he's a redeemer. Um, But in this fallen world, we're going to go through seasons where we can have confidence that though we're bound, uh, God, God is working. And so sometimes being, you know, lack of confidence would be um, this feeling of being confined to like, what we can do in the flesh, and there's really no confidence there, because we all know that we're terrible people that we really can't do anything for god and so to have confidence in god uh frees us then we can step out in faith and move forward Uh, so friendship this is another way god and especially in in here uh you know we're the friends of internationals and so we need to talk about friendship um but in verse 20 of second corinthians 5 it says now then we are ambassadors for christ as though god did beseech you by us we pray you in christ's steads be reconciled to god so we have a ministry of reconciliation to bring lost people to the lord which we can only do by his spirit we can only present if we can't present the truth and the power of his spirit then Nobody will come to Christ, period like there's just no way for anybody to meet him unless if God moves and so uh as we have friendship, we have to, you know in order to share our faith and like earn the trust, we need to keep in mind that we need god to to do that he He maketh room, and so you're not forcing it it says it doesn't say um you know a man's gift uh make it room for him in today's dispensation like it's obvious that we're talking about jesus christ gift to us is the thing that makes room so our flesh does not have to force things open in terms of friendship and friendship is mutual so there's a lot of practical things that we could talk about friendship and and sometimes we kick the door open and we're like i'm your friend and i'm gonna lead you to christ and they're like well I never really wanted that and then we like keep doing it and they're like get out of my house bro and we're like i don't know why they didn't want it i try. i kicked down their door like every day and broke their windows too <laughs> so we're ambassadors that means we need to be kind like ambassadors find out like the finest wine and like how they like their toast and like the best <laughs> restaurant in the city and then they take the person (laughs) the other ambassador you know to that place and they you know like oh yeah here's a thousand dollar bottle of wine you know this obviously doesn't apply like directly to friends of (laughs) international but this is like how ambassadors in the world behave so it's kind of a cool picture of like do we even know are the people that we call friends have we asked them questions and learned about them selflessly like do we actually care um, and so we need to be ambassadors, and and we can let God make room for us in other people's lives and souls' lives by doing the work of an ambassador. And so, and bringeth him. So we'll go on to the next phrase. So a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him. And so this phrase and bringeth him. Uh, I want to focus on God doing the work now, and and the fact that it is God's gift salvation, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. It's God's gift in our life that is bringing us in God's direction. Um, And there's a specific way that we are to be brought. There's a specific way that we are to be brought, Um, like a lamb before the slaughter. I mean, that's like a, a lamb to the slaughter, like Isaiah 53 says, Um, A lamb doesn't open its mouth and start talking about all the reasons that you can't eat it when, you know, or whatever. But um, Isaiah 53, what I'm referring to is, is that passage that foretells Christ's death and that he was silent. He didn't defend himself and he had a great measure of humility, like infinite humility. Like you can't quantify it and this is God's way and this is how God brings us to where we need to be. Uh, Proverbs fifteen thirty three says, the fear of the Lord is the, is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. And 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so that's that's the way, and specifically Romans ten nine and 10 tell us how uh, believe how someone comes to the faith. And I think that we should read it since we're here. Go ahead and turn to Romans 10. It says the word of faith, which we preach. So if we want to boil it all down, we're sinners. We were born that way. It's our nature and Jesus stepped in. And though God is just, and we would have to pay for those sins for eternity, Jesus once and for all gave his life. For us so that we would not have to pay for our sins, being separate from God for all eternity in a, in a lake of fire. So how do you gain salvation? How do you be sure that when you pass from this life, you'll be with God and you won't end up in a bad place? Uh, this is the word of faith, which we preach in Romans ten nine: that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, if you call on the Lord, in verse thirteen it says, "Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." So I encourage you, if you're if you've not met not yet met Christ, just talk to somebody um, that you've met or will meet t- tonight about about that, and make sure that when you walk out of here you know that you're saved. I can't guarantee you that you'll get hit by a bus or anything like that, but probably what's more likely to happen is tomorrow, you'll have a little less conviction about it and so on and so forth, because the devil will feed you good things in your life. He'll bless you all the way up till your death. And uh, that's the scary thing is that if you reject Christ, he's not obligated to give you another offer. You could wake up tomorrow and just not want it anymore. You might say to yourself oh, i will I will want it. I know I will want it, but you don't really know that so yeah, I just encourage you, and no judgment again, we are all you know everybody in this room would just be so happy if someone uh came to faith after uh hearing about what Jesus has done for for them so um so the next slide. God brings us in His timing, so this is another way in which God is is bringing us along. Psalm seventy-five six says, "Promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the Judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another." Okay, and so next slide, Lee. Um, God's work. So this is another thing that God is doing in our life. And so instead of uh, the way that God is bringing, it's like, uh, this is the what, like like, what does it mean for God to bring us, to bring us to stand before great men? It means that he's, he's working in us. We are his workmanship. That word right there sums it all up in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Psalm 127 one says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. So we we need God to do the work. And if I'm gonna let God get the glory out of my life, if I'm gonna live the crucified life, and if I'm gonna be like Joseph, who was like Jesus, And if I'm gonna like be able to say, whatever they did down there, he was the doer of it. Like, if I'm gonna be like that, I have to have this prayer on my heart, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. So that's gotta be our prayer as we're being brought along. And so I wanna talk to you about what it means to live a Godward life. Um, Nehemiah is a wonderful example, and it means having God's hand of blessing on us. So Nehemiah 2.18 says, then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. And then second Corinthians three, four, and five and such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And so to be brought along by God and then i'll go on to the next to be brought along by God means to have trust through Christ to Godward. so we have a relationship with our father that begins with knowing Christ and walking after him. Living a Godward life is living a life like Christ. It means being a Christian, a little little Christ or following Christ. And so that is the Godward life. And it includes having his, his hand of blessing upon us. And so another way that we can live out these words and bringeth him from Proverbs 18, verse 16, if we're going to live out those three words is to be unified because God cannot bless this unity. And so Proverbs 25, 28 shows us to be brought along by God. If he's going to give us the grace to glorify himself, um, it says he that hath no rule over his spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And so unified within ourselves, like, are we whole, like, are we like by the spirit of God, are we put together enough to be discerning and, and to walk with the Lord today? Have we met with the Lord? We can't be unified in our own psyche or whatever you want to call it. You know, we talk about fractured uh, mental states and kind of people that live in uh, double mindedness and it's really a sad thing. Um, Ezra 3.1 says then about all of, of Israel. And Israel is a picture of the individual believer in your Old Testament. So, some people got it wrong and they thought Israel was a picture of like the church, like at large, but actually, it's more accurate to say that they're like a picture of you. So, like the Passover, you know, Israelites were freed from slavery. That's a picture of your salvation, specifically your salvation. Anyway, so Ezra three one says that the Israelites uh, gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem, and so be unified in yourself, and then uh, and then uh, you know obviously that should go go outward, like you should be able to relate to your family, right, and work together in ministry. So, one nineteen ten says. With my whole heart have I sought thee, let me not wander from thy commandments. And the next slide, what it means to be brought along by God. Like if we're going to say that, I know that God is bringing me along and I'm not pushing my way, then it means to have judgment. And so uh, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And because he was uh, predetermined beforehand in his whole heart, He was able to be brought along uh, with God and do things that were impossible, like interpret the King's dreams, like that's wild. And he told the King what they meant, Um, but he received that judgment from God after being purposed uh, in his whole heart to, to follow God. Psalm 119.59 says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. And so being carried along in life by God does not mean that you turn off your mind and doesn't mean that you turn off your heart either. Um, We have decisions every day that matters. um, And I think we can all relate with the fact that we miss opportunities and we need God to work. And so um, souls. So I want to talk to you about the before great men part of the verse. A man's gifts maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And so specifically, I think I told you in the beginning, what the Lord had laid on my heart is like, how do we behave in the context of the local church, which is a lot about what 1 Timothy has been regarding, you know, that 1 Timothy 3.15, where our Bible studies are in that right now, that you would know how to behave in the house of God, which is uh, the pillar and ground of truth, which is a huge statement. Um, but we're here because God's not done saving souls, you know? And so he's, he's edifying the saints here, but he's also, um, very concerned with, with other, other people that are still outside of the church. And so acts one, eight tells us that we should be witnesses, uh, to those in our Jerusalem, which would be our family and our friends, and then move out from there. And uh, and so if we can think of other people, I mean, I, this is a very loose, uh, I don't wanna say interpretation, but a New Testament dispensation read of this verse. Uh, there's another way, the cool thing about parables and proverbs is I, I think there's more here to unpack that we're not gonna get to tonight, some warnings in this verse as well. Um, but here, I don't want to confuse you when I say before great men, uh, this is souls. Like we should view people and say, yeah, you know what? You are great. And you should know this message because God loves you. Like he, he said you were, you were worth it. And so, uh, but Job 32, nine says great men are not always wise. Neither do the aged understand judgment. So, uh, we have to know that, um, the, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, you know, you could talk about like Napoleon or Genghis Khan and they were great men, but they were not always wise, you know? So um, before great men, uh, the next slide, yeah. So if we're really gonna view souls as like great, then we're gonna have to be selfless. Like, it's not like you even have to like, we have to be like, what is that called? Like self-deprecative. Like we don't have to like put ourselves down or whip ourselves or any of that kind of weird religious stuff that people are into. There's some people that are crucifying themselves these days. Like, I don't even understand that. But when we count someone as great enough to, you know, befriend and, or count a companion and share the gospel with or encourage, this is going to be selfless, um, and Joseph, I believe, had so. Back to Joseph, who Miles has been presenting. Uh, Joseph had that ability to to be completely self selfless. So Genesis fifty twenty says, "But as for you, so this was his brothers, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive, um, and so." Joseph was able to go through a hard season and you don't ever see him complaining about his situation he just holds out to the end until he can say ah oh, some people were saved praise God and then that's selfless he's so he's not like oh woe is me like um I'm not great <laughs> and y'all are great. So my life is terrible. You know. So he's more like, man, praise God. I went to prison so that eventually the Pharaoh could see that I can interpret dreams from the point of prison. And then he actually promoted me to being the right hand in the kingdom. And then now, because Joseph had this plan from God, to save the entire world from a food famine. There was a food storage or a food shortage back then, which obviously we don't have those anymore today. Well, I think we do actually think my but, but like in America, basically, it's probably just like hype for the news to like get you to watch it. But like um, back then they actually had famines that like people died in. And so, but Joseph, it was a life and death situation for him to think selflessly. And I don't think that as Americans, we really have this ability like handed to us. Like we're generally like very self-creative. So like, I need you to know who I am and I need you to respect exact precisely who I tell you I am. And so we think so different, so differently than christ you know and so um we can't just go in with culture and treat people um in a worldly way and so let's go on to the next one okay so submission is is something that needs to be had when we recognize we're in the company of great men so i need to be submitted but not necessarily to the people i'm speaking to or to be held captive by their thoughts or ideas or body language or anything but to be um to really be submitted to the holy spirit as i'm conversing this summer and so with lost people and so first corinthians 12 4 says now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit and there are differences of administrations but the same lord and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So we submit to the Lord. We have the same Lord, but then we also submit to each other. And that's really where we have a powerful witness. It's not really whenever we go by ourselves, but whenever we go as the body of Christ to the world, and then we can stand before great men. And we've got a whole community here. We're like, well, actually, it works like, look, it works. But if we go out and we're like by ourselves, we're like, "Look at the great community that Christ made," and they're like, "What community? <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about." So, uh, so as we go before great men, we have a message of peace. This is a message of peace. Um, and so, Proverbs eighteen sixteen: A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men in order to deliver a message of peace this is not we're not trying to like cause war with people or debates um and so god is not a respecter of persons and so making peace does not mean you're just gonna respect any old thing just for the sake of peace right and so in verse 36 of acts 10 it says uh, preaching peace by jesus christ he is lord of all so it's going to be a message of jesus's lordship and not just trying to, you know, avoid confrontation. Um, and so, another aspect to standing before great men, which is standing before souls to deliver the gospel uh, to them, in, in this context, or uh, great men in the sense of serving our brothers and sisters in Christ. So twofold in application um, is to confront. Uh, sin and so miles told this story but while joseph was in prison he did deliver a message of judgment so one man was killed the other one lived but joseph didn't you know he didn't not tell the guy the bad news like there is bad news that we have to tell and that's really hard but you know as we stand before great men we have to know that our god is greater Yes, we're made in the image of God. Yes, we're all sinners. We've fallen. God is much greater and he wants to restore people. He loves people. And so Joseph did not shriek back in fear. He went ahead and he confronted sin and and he stood for truth. Um, And then, lastly, another aspect uh, before great men uh, Proverbs 18 16, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men uh proverbs 11 says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise and so the whole reason that god would give you a platform to stand on to preach the gospel is for the specific and divine purpose of winning souls and so we stand before people that we love and we esteem them higher than ourselves. And Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, which that's you if you're a believer because of of a second, is it first or second Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. It literally says that the way God views us as our father now is that he views us as righteous and so now uh, we can just trust God we don't have to pretend to be righteous or. Anything or add anything to it, we can just trust that because God lives in me and i'm walking with him i'm living a repentant life and I want to bring him glory, uh, I can stand on the Bible and just deliver the gospel and it says he that went his souls is wise so. I guess the uh, warning is if we're not winning souls, that means that we're unwise. And so I wanna give you a charge this summer and something to pray about with your groups, like what what is your strategy for missions this summer? And how are you gonna reach internationals with the gospel? Can you honestly say that you have a way to do that, to love people? Is God bringing people to you? Um, Are you going to them? Are you allowing God to bring you along to stand before people to proclaim the truth? And so pray about that because it would be really sad if we got to August and school started again, but nobody uh, heard about Jesus during the summer or no one was edified and people just kind of fell off and didn't felt carried along. um, Didn't really feel included. And so I would just encourage us, even people in our own Bible studies, that feel like they're outliers or on the fringe reach out to each other this this summer and um let's allow god to make a difference in people's lives uh, through us uh, so yeah there's a chart that is really f- more for me than you guys but it starts with salvation ends with giving god glory and there's some things that kind of if you add adjectives and stuff, it was just like a way for me to visualize this verse in the way that God delivered it to my heart. But I'm not gonna walk through it because it's I shouldn't have even put it up here. So, but I love you guys and I'm gonna pray and then we'll break up into small groups. Please find a small group. If you don't have one, you're welcome to join mine. Um, God, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Thank you for the truth of your word that The gift of salvation, the gift of the spirit, your comfort, your love, your companionship, it makes room for us to serve. It brings us um, before great men that we can esteem higher than ourselves, that uh, we can have purpose. The whole world is trying to flee pain, um, but you you uh, give us purpose in our pain and in our season of waiting in this summertime whether it's a season of blessing uh or anything else god you know for each person in here i just pray for them that they're to receive grace uh day by day to live a life that's glorifying to you and um not to be lazy in the word or lazy in edification ultimately not to be lazy in letting uh letting you live your life through them through us god would you use us this summer and bring miles back safely so he can continue uh, in the series that he's uh, been preaching that's been such a blessing to us Um, we pray that you be with him now and make him (laughs) fruitful as well Uh, pray all this in jesus name amen